I look down at the credit card on the ground, and my first instinct, which I which I didn't do, thank God, was to be like, get back here and pick up your fucking card. Hey, you're 86. I'm Justin Myers, and this is a show about how bartenders handle bad situations. Ugh. Table 11 is so annoying. Are they, though? Or is that more about ourselves than it is about them? My guest today is Todd Carnum. He's the beverage director at The Interval in San Francisco. And he and I had a great conversation about empathy in the context of service. Let's get into it. So in the last few days, I basically worked really hard. I had to cover a lot of shifts. And I, just, I noticed mm-hmm. the more shifts, especially the more shifts you're unexpectedly expected to work. It's like just have start off with less and less graciousness and generosity of spirit. And That's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. You're working you're working doubles and and you're just emotionally worn yeah. down. But it's tough because it, people are coming to your bar and like they don't know yeah, that. They have no clue. They that's don't not know. and that's not their problem. And we also we also don't have any clue where they're coming from. Yeah. That's the thing. Like someone could have had a horrible day. Yeah. And yeah. they come in and maybe they're not treating us very well, but it's like we we don't know. I I think I think a big thing is not taking it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's usually never about us. You know, obviously, like if we do something shitty to someone, then yeah. then they would have every right. But usually, it's not about us. Usually, they, we don't know. And I think that the important thing is is knowing why they're here, knowing why the customers are here, and knowing why we are here. You know, and and we have to make that decision. So, like, I enjoy service. I'm here to provide good service. And sometimes you just got to remember that. You know, it's like a it's like a compass needle that directs you. Yeah, and and this is, I mean, I think this is the unique challenge of craft cocktail bartenders because, so uh, my I understand now from people who have told me, now that I've actually been in the industry more than a, a minute, that chefs are often notoriously uh, prickly or acerbic or just like, fuck these people, done with these people, what they want, what, like, God damn, but... They can do that and safely in the confines of the back of the house. Yeah, they usually don't. They usually don't have to interact with those. They're people. almost never like interacting. And then on the other side, servers they, they're not making what they're serving. Yeah, they're just serving it. So that oh, you want something? Oh, absolutely, I'll go right back to the kitchen. I'll, I'll talk to the chef. Do this. Blah blah blah. It's it's like they have no emotional investment in what they're serving. They have emotional investment in the act of service. Mm -hmm. Um, And chefs, their emotional investment is the product that they're making. It's the food, yeah. Bartending is this unique, craft cocktail bartending. It's, you know, we are all, whether we're coming up with the drinks ourselves or just like we're the ones executing something that is really not easy to execute, especially in a busy environment. And so we're invested in what we're passing across, but we also have to simultaneously have that warmth and generous spirit of, of a server, of someone in the service industry. And you, I think you're seeing a lot of people, myself totally included, who are in craft cocktails, not so much for the act of service and for the humility of service and the experience of service, but because we want to make fun things that we enjoy drinking and also that we enjoy you know, quite frankly, it's a bit of like an ego trip. It's like, oh, I'm making this menu. I'm making these drinks, and I'm serving the people, and they're drinking them, and they're thinking they're great. And like, that's yeah. feels for good. Me, it's an ego feels great. That is the biggest challenge. Like when I first 
met with Jen Collio, my mentor here at this bar, when I was sort of interviewing for the first job that I got here, she was like, you know, like memorizing drinks, it's like easy. It's the easiest part of the job. Just make flashcards yeah, and show flashcards. Yeah. yeah. Done. You know, it's 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 the constantly having the warmth um, to to just absorb people's bad days, including your own, and including also your fellow staff members. Yeah. Um, and say, all right, let's just be happy or let's appear to be happy. Um, let's appear to help people. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, that's super hard. And, um, especially for cocktail bartenders, it's, I think it's hard for us to remember. Um, and you know, some people are great at it. Um, uh, uh, Craig at Bar Cole is amazing. Mm. Um, other people are, you know, very stiff and very just like, I'll, I'll deign to give you my attention when I feel like it. Um, I try to at least be efficient um, and business-like and um, uh, cordial and, and polite, um, but I, I need to work on a little more warmth. Um, and that I think that requires a humility um, that you need to dial in. I think Jeremy um, on our staff is probably has the best service, and he's I think it comes from like a place of fundamental humility. Um, mm. Where he's like, I am here to get you what you want. I'm like, what, what can I? How, how can I? What can I do for you? And how can I do it? So yeah, that that's tough. That's tough. That, that, that that's the hardest part, I think. Um, how have you found? So some people are here because they genuinely love the service. Some people, mm-hmm. some people find that they genuinely love the service. They 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 come in because they're interested in, in wine or spirits or cocktails or whatever. Uh, but then there's other people that are here that either they know or they don't know that they don't like service or they're here as a means to another end or they're, they're, they're here cause they need the money and they just wound up here. Um, they're still here and they still have to serve. Mm. And then, and, and you, especially as a manager, um, might have to, to deal with that interaction. What do you think people, um, people that maybe know that they're like, Oh, this, this it's, I care more about the, the spirits or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I still have to serve them. How do you manage that? Um, so last staff meeting, we started talking about our philosophy of, of service. Mm-hmm. Um, what were their best service interactions uh, in the last month? Oh, that's great. And, and how did they do that? Um, how did they, wh- whether it was because they were rallying from not great service interaction or whether rallying from a bad day that their person were having or rallying from someone who's just like not pleasant um, or whether it's just like, or whether it just started off great and it went even better. And um, I mean, some days I'm behind the bar and for whatever reason, the charm is there and everyone's having a good time and I'm having a good time. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think we're going to start just like talking about that just to get it on the mind like having like everyone, you know, it's not like everyone's going to go around this. I don't, I don't want to make it like compulsory. Like everyone go around the table one by one, come up with your best service. Interaction. I mean, just like mm-hmm. if you have a great service director, like share it. Um, cause I want to hear it. Um, and I think last, the last staff meeting I talked about how, um, I, like someone at, Oh, so I, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I got an order that I, you know, will call, 
no, classic marina order, right? So we obviously have this very long, extensive, uh, recondite uh, Byzantine cocktail menu. <laughs> and this, this woman ordered... Your description is uh, very apropos <laughs> exactly, yeah. to the menu itself. Uh, and, and, and instead of ordering anything off the menu, they ordered a Negroni, a Moscow Mule, an espresso martini, and mm-hmm. a margarita. Right. Yeah. Um, Not objectively bad drinks. Uh, uh, with the exception, perhaps, of the espresso martini. Um, oh, which, come on. Which you know I, you like those. Which, which I actually hate using the word martini to describe espresso martini because it's really totally an inapt description. Anyway. That's a perfect example of, of, of like where you're coming from versus where yeah. they're coming from. No, it, they don't know. <laughs> martini exactly. goes in that glass, right? Yeah. <laughs> they haven't, what's, what's the big they deal? haven't studied cocktail history. Yeah, it's like pre prohibition era cocktails. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's like, it's like, why am I a pretentious asshole? Um, because, well, because I'm a pretentious asshole. Anyway. But that's fine, though, too. Like, it's, everyone everyone comes from their own place, yeah. and I think that's the important thing to understand. So I made that round. She closed out. And then uh, she came back and ordered the same round again. And um, and she's like, I'm sorry, is that an annoying round order? And I just straight up just looked her in the face and lied to her. I was like, no, you're kidding. This is great. Like, this is like standard. These are standard cocktails I have in my head. I just knock them out. Boom. And, and she's like, oh, awesome. And like, she lit up and I found myself lighting up as well. Yeah. Because something I said to someone made her feel relieved and happy. Even though I was just lying to her, watching someone feel relieved and happy and light up in front of me, I was like, I am having a better time. It was so amazing. You feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing how that works when, when it, because Oftentimes we're so selfish. We're we're so concerned about mm-hmm. our own well being. We're like, oh, this person's not making me happy, and why am I not happy, and why am I not getting what I want? It's it, a funny thing happens when you stop thinking about yourself and you just focus on making other people happy. Yeah, it feels good. It generally feels good. It, it, in Buddhist philosophy, they actually call it um, exchanging self with others. It's this, hmm. this concept. Um, but but I see it. I see it behind the bar every day. You know where. If I just try to make the other person happy, then it makes me happy. Because yeah. the thing about it, if like if you have a room full of people that are in a good mood, like you can feel that. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't talk to them, you can feel that. Yeah. Um, the reverse is true too. Exactly. Art market. Exactly. Uh, I had a I had a table the other day in, in my bar, and uh, this group of three came in, and th- the first thing that they said to me, um, before I could even say welcome, hello, was a complaint about something. <laughs> What were they They're complaining like, about? That they, they didn't like the temperature of the bar. They thought it was too cold. Ah, San it's literally the first Everything thing. I know that. I know that. And, yeah. and we're in the Richmond neighborhood, the coldest yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, but, but like that's how they started the interaction. Um, yeah. But, but I kind of checked myself. Um, and I think that's one important strategy is, is, is when you have a difficult customer, like just pause yeah. yourself. A couple seconds is all it takes. Like, yeah. Like we're so programmed to react to things that, you know, but yeah, we just pause and I'm like, okay, wait a second. I actually decided to take that table. I was okay. like, I was like, I'm going to take this I got table. this. Yeah. Cause, um, cause I, I've been thinking a lot about empathy and stuff lately. And, mm-hmm. and so now I'm like interested in these, but before I'd have been, well, before I'd been thinking about myself, I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to deal with these fucking people. Yeah. Like, oh, should someone else deal with that? It's shitty. But now I'm like, oh, I have an opportunity to provide good service. And like, oh my, it's this interesting challenge. Mm-hmm. Like the opportunity to turn these people around, like like exactly. How can I make them have a good time? Exactly. So I gave them menus. I sit them down, and uh, they, I was like, oh, let me, I'll turn the heater on for you. The heater was actually already on. Yeah. I just reached my hand down there and touched it. Um, <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. But that made them happy. 
Yeah. And I'm like, that's, they probably felt warmer. They probably did. Yeah. yeah the placebo effect. Yeah. Um, but it made them happier. And, and it was like, it was no sweat. Up. And then now they're happier. Mm-hmm. Now I'm happier. Like, it's kind of amazing how that works. And, but I could have been like, it's not cold in here, whatever. It's San Francisco. Yeah. And then like, now I'm mad. And now they're more mad. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's just more mad. It's really important. If you, if, if you make people happy, then everyone's happy. Yeah. And like you said, it, it, it does have a way of rippling out across mm-hmm. the room. Um, uh, one of the first times that I really felt like mood of a room on like how it affected me was, was um, I think it was art market a year ago. We didn't have a door person. And our market's like a big, uh, big uh, art sale. Yeah. And it goes on for four days. Uh, so, but it begins on Thursday night with art market gala, which yeah. means the wealthier people come in and buy the stuff that they want first. And, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, it's usually, it's like this group that is like very wealthy, largely white people between 55 and 65 or between 50 and 65. People um, that have not been told no very often yeah. in their lives. And people who are not accustomed to waiting more than 45 seconds for anything ever. Um, a lot of people coming, I would imagine, from like pack heights, procedure heights, that type of thing. Type of thing. So you already have empathy for them. You already have like an understanding <laughs> I, of what their experience is coming into the bar. Yeah, these type people who get mobile dentistry. Uh, I was actually wow, walking around. That's a thing. You can, yeah, you can do that. Walking around Sea Cliff. What a time to be alive. I know. <laughs> Six months ago, five months ago, these people I imagine they're coming from that neighborhood. Um, and we didn't have a door person, which meant we were just like over capacity, oh, no. which meant there were like, and, and we just don't. We only have three staff. The bar is really not equipped to service more than like 75 people well, unless all the cylinders are pumping and drumming and are whatever, well-oiled. And um, um, so a lot of people who are not accustomed to waiting had to wait. And I could just never experience this in my life without even looking up with my head down, just like making drink after drink after drink, usually making three, four, five drinks at a time, two rounds at a time, just like doing it. I could just feel dissatisfaction like em- like literally emanating i mean i'm not a spiritual person i don't believe in energy fields but sometimes it's just it's just undeniably true if there are 20 people that are just like upset and like within a few feet of you and annoyed you feel that and that makes you feel worse um as a result of that i now whenever possible i say you know, I, I get my drinks made, specked out, done, and then I look up immediately. I'm like, I'll be with you. Just give me a minute, 30 seconds, whatever. Just acknowledge them. Say, mm. hi. Thank you for waiting. I'll be with you. 90% of the people, they're like, awesome. They're fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Awesome. I'll wait. Acknowledged. Going to do it. Yeah. I mean, you, you were saying that earlier from your experience going to Alembic or whatever it was. So yeah. Like, yeah. People just need to be acknowledged. If someone had just said before, saying hi to their friend, I'll be with you in just a bit. I'm going to say hi to my friend. Cool. I know as soon as she's done with that, she's going to come back here yeah. and, get, and, and get me fixed up with the drink. Yeah, people just like want to know. Well, A, there's also like the respect of acknowledgement. Right. People go to a strange place. Um, a lot of people at craft cocktail bars, especially our bar, they come in here, they're disoriented. They're a little intimidated. Um, maybe a little like feeling insecure. And so that's something that we just need to continually remind ourselves. Hey, people are going to come in here, feel intimidated, feel a little insecure. Um, and 
you know, it, I, I don't want to force the whole like welcome, like slap on the back, hail mm-hmm. fellow, well met, wonderful to have you. Like I don't, I'm too New England curmudgeon <laughs> to be with that bullshit. But like for sure, be it can polite. feel false anyway. That too, right? Um, although. I was just also talking about lying directly to that woman's face. Like, I love this order. The Negroni, the Margarita, the Moscow Mule, and the Espresso Martini. Yeah, but that's... But, that's, but again, that's, that's different. Idea. That made me feel better. So yeah, even, even if only from a selfish standpoint, I should be doing that. It makes me feel better. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's start lying. Yeah. That's a means to an end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What... Because we, uh, we can have empathy and understanding for where people are coming from. And, you know, if someone had a shitty day or whatever, and, and they're, maybe they're not being as nice, but... At what point does it cross a line? At what point is someone, at what point is it like, no, now you've crossed the line, mm-hmm. and and it's, it's because because I I feel I feel like a lot of times I get close to that point where I'm like, oh, this is really tough. But then usually that's more about me, yeah, than about them. But at what point do they cross the line? It's like, no, this is no longer acceptable behavior. Do you have any examples? Yeah, I got a couple uh, for sure. So uh, speaking of East Coast assholes, um, <laughs> uh, I was just hit it off this guy. I think it was from New York, uh, probably a fifty-five-year-old guy, white guy with uh, with his with his younger, attractive girlfriend. Um, came in, elevated uh, level tone of voice. Um, not, not a dead night, but like not a Friday night. So you don't necessarily need to be really raising your voice, blah, blah, blah. But here, hitting it off, and, and um, um, you know, he was, I was giving the sass, and he was giving it back, or he was, I forget who started it, but, like, it was it was doing great. And then uh, when it came time to the money portion, he literally flung his card at me, and it fell to the ground. And I looked down. Behind the bar? Yeah. I looked down at the credit card, on the ground, and my first instinct, which I which I didn't do, thank God, was to be like, "Get back here and pick up your fucking card." <laughs> um, and so I picked it up, uh, and I remember. So I, a couple days later, uh, you know, and I and I rang it, and I you know ran it, whatever. Um, and I I was after that I was decidedly less warm with him and I didn't really give him that much of my time after that. But uh, remember I was talking about it. We used to have a book group met at my apartment. Uh, it was all of us in the bar. Well, it's actually several of us in the bar. We're about four of us, five of us in the bar. Um, you obviously went a couple times. And I remember I was talking about it with, with, with Jen, uh, i.e. My, my mentor, um, and a couple other people at my place at the book group. And I told her like, what I wanted to do. And she's like, yeah, no. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> and she's like, but, but with that kind of behavior, you you absolutely ring it, set the tab down, say thank you, and then just like walk away, because they have lost uh, the right to your charming, like your your most charming self. They've lost the like access to that. And and going forward, everything will be efficient, business like, but like you know, it's not quite eighty sixable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also you know. They totally just misbehaved and disrespected you, and you are free to just turn off the charm right there. Um, and that is 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 that's generally my view of these things. Is um, you know, uh, if it's not eighty six of all, then just we're done being charming here. But you think it's like a basic level of of human decency that that that, that people understand. Uh, or we hope that people understand that, you know, if you cross that, then 
you know, the charm is off. Yeah. Yeah. And, but of course the sticky, the sticky part of that, or the, the, the sticky wicket, sticky part of the wicket, I don't know, is, is like people forget basic rules when they get like the drunker they get. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It turns you into, alcohol turns you into children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and our business is to get people maybe not drunk, but definitely tipsy. Um, I found it's important to have a baseline of myself, you know, because, because sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes there's like this, the, the night when art market was happening and you just had, you know, three times as many people as the bar can physically handle. And we're only human, you know, it's it's like two of us against 75 people. There's only so much you can do. Uh, I found it's important to just have a baseline level that I predefine for my for my own attitude and efficiency, and it's like, okay, we're at we're at DefCon one now. Yeah, I'm right. going into <laughs> I'm going into emergency right. mode. Threat yeah. level orange. Uh, let's switch into emergency protocol, yeah. Justin, behind the bar. Yeah. Um, uh, have you found that that kind of thing works? Where it's like, all right, we're gonna just switch that on. You mean Go into that like, mode, like basically fight or flight, like just like okay, just gotta be on. Um, kind of like a survival thing, I guess. If you think about yeah. Um, related to that is um, uh, three years ago, it was beer fest, mm. and I did not know that it was beer fest. And isn't the name of like a like a, a frat boy comedy movie? Probably, <laughs> probably like straight to video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the Olsen twins is in it. Yeah, it's just like it's great. Uh, it was it and and that Saturday, a couple days beforehand, the bar back. I was I was covering someone's shift, and so it was myself and 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 this other bartender, Kimberly, a very strong bartender, very great at empathy, very good at keeping her composure. Yeah. Uh, so she and I are bartending, and um, a couple days before, four days before, the bar back was like, "Hey, would it be all right if I, you know." I think she asked me to cover her shift. I was like, oh, I'm covering someone else's already. But I was like, you know, I, I think we'll be fine. Because as you know, Saturdays at our bar can frequently be not dead, but like quiet-ish. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not quiet, but like manageable for two people. Manageable for two people who are willing to hustle and just like and just like put in like uh, several hours of hard labor. Um, and so I told I told the bar back, you know, I th- I, we got this. And and then at around nine o'clock, beer fest let out, and, and and it was a fairly again a manageable night until nine, and then at nine o'clock the the beer fest let out, and we had we went from like twenty five people in here to like seventy five people, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then at around ten thirty, the entire credit card system in the entire Western United States went down. Oh boy! Yeah. So <laughs> so at that point, I was like, oh, Did what I the fuck? The news? When was that? <laughs> I, I, like it went, it went down for like two hours, I think. Wow. And we had this verified because we ended up asking Rad House people the next day or something. Mm. Um, but at that point, I was like, well, just like, fuck this. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to. I just I basically made an announcement. We're a cash bar right now. There's some problem with the credit card thing. And at that point, like, I, I, I remember turning back to the back bar because, like, up until that point, like, Kimberly and I were like, just like, had her noses above water. Um, <laughs> and, and at that point, I just turned around to the back bar, grabbed this beautiful bottle of tequila poured two hefty slugs for Kimberly and myself, said, Kimberly, come to the back. Shot it right down, boom. And they were like, okay, let's do this. And we did it. Um, buckle down. Buckle down. down Which is all they were saying. Oftentimes, I think a lot of times for bartenders, DEFCON 1, DEFCON 2, whatever, is like, all right, let's slug some booze. Well, I think it's a practice. 
is what it is. Probably, and, yeah. and that takes time, you know, uh, to develop. I think also sometimes we get blindsided. Yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> where did that come from? And, and it usually happens when it's like a perfect storm, right? Like you've worked three doubles. Yeah. You weren't expecting this kind of crowd or, or like whatever. And then someone just comes out of and someone nowhere. Sets you up. Yeah. I don't know. Like you, like you have done, like you've done your best all the way up mm-hmm. to this point, despite all the whatever adversity overwhelming you until now. Yeah. And it's like, hey, what can I get for you? And they're just like, fuck you, or like, yeah. you know, just. I've been waiting nowhere. here for fifteen minutes. Like really? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I've been working the whole time. Yeah. I had a I had a guy come in. It wasn't it wasn't a super bu- it, it wasn't a super busy night. Um, he it was it was it was when I was working here. Um, and the parking out here, I. I guess it's very it's confusing. So a guy came in and he's like, Hey, do you have to pay for parking right now? I said, As far as I know, it's enforced twenty four hours. Um, that's what I know, that's what it says on the sign. And he goes, Well, that's a bitchy answer and I'm like, Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. whoa. Just like totally oh, be- blindsided. Because like you said, that's what it says on the sign, maybe. Maybe that's what it was, but, but clearly I- he was willing, he was like ready to be set off. It was uh yeah, I didn't know I was walking on yeah. eggshells, but apparently yeah. I was. Um, but yeah, just out of nowhere. And then I'm like, I, I before I could even say, I was just so stunned mm-hmm. um, that before I could even say anything, he's like, come on, we're leaving. And I was like, well, I, I was like, I didn't mean to offend you. Well, you have. And then they, he just storms off. I think the, the woman he was with seemed as surprised as I was. And so was everyone else around me. But I think sometimes it's, Sometimes these things happen, um, but the question is like, well, we still have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> what do we, what do we do in those situations? I, I didn't do anything. I just stood there stunned, which was probably not the best thing to do. But but then again, at that point, like I have to say, that kind of person, uh, assuming your your memory is, is is pretty accurate, it's fairly clear that that person was like was just kind of just like waiting to be offended. True. And at that point, I don't know. That's a difficult thing to do. Like that's the only thing to turn around, especially if like they're like we're leaving. You know, because basically your only option is to like run out after them and and then have a conversation. Which, if that was what set them off, then then I, it's probably not going to go well. And so we just can have a continuation of an of a not good conversation out in the parking lot. And then that gets to be even weird i think for everyone yeah you have to make decisions yeah like there's there's certain lines that have to be crossed and it's like well and then you know we only have so much of a capacity when we're when we're handling you know 20 other customers something like this happens it's like we had to think so quickly you know and a lot of that does come from experience i think i think you know talking about these things and hearing about these things getting these ideas in our head can can prepare us but still like these times where there's only so much you yeah. can do. You you have any uh, moments like that where you were just totally surprised by something? I was just like totally happened? blindsided. Um, uh, one was so the last art market. Um, uh, oh no, it was, it was again. This is two art markets ago, and and um, I, I, had, <laughs> I love how your bar calendar yeah, is bit, two art. But, no, it's not solstices. It's when <laughs> the art, art market happens. Ago, I know. <laughs> two art market gals ago. Uh, I got 70 plus people in here, maybe over 80. And I, you know, head down making drink after drink after drink after drink after drink after drink. And, um, so I'm in, well, I'm the front well. And, um, I, I ring up some stuff and then I 
turn to whom I thought was next. But honestly, at that point, I was just like guessing. Um, and also, I was planning that I could sense that there, I, I know that there were like three or four people waiting. And um, right. everyone is next. Yeah. And I was going <laughs> to. From their perspective, everyone is next. And I was going to go from left to the right. Like, yeah. what do you want? And then what do you yeah. want? Um, I think it was two couples. Yeah. People and don't really realize it. Like, oh, we're actually going to do like five things yeah, at once. Right I, I, now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, so many people are like, okay, I've got a big order for but you. But I need to listen okay. to three drinks. <laughs> I need to listen okay, to one that's, at a time. That's, yeah. Three drinks I can hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people just don't, don't realize. Yeah, and I don't know. So yeah. I start talking to one woman. And, um, and then when the woman is maybe six words into her order, um, uh, the, the, the woman to her left, two people to her left says, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. Okay. You're going to order. Okay. Look at me. You're going to, we're going to put our order in. And I was like, okay, cool. What can I get for you? And I I just, I was like, okay, here's what's going to happen is I am going to do this woman's order first and she's not going to tip anything at all and I'm just going to do that and I'm just going to serve her whatever and we're just going to be done with it and I did that and they didn't tip anything obviously uh so like I I was like the decision I made in that moment was the woman I originally was talking to seems like fairly patient and I remember stealing a quick glance at her after I was interrupted and she had a look on her face like I'll wait (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, cool. It was like this unspoken conversation that we had with our eyes. Essentially, the subject matter was there's a ch- there's a grown child who demands attention, so we're gonna we're gonna give that person attention. Sounds like she had good empathy too. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and, and first, like that is one of the great things. That is one of the things that really helps out. It's like when you're dealing with some difficult guests and there are some great guests nearby mm. with whom you can just have a kind of like a wink nod moment or they even pro proactively say you're doing great. Like I, I mm. thank you for dealing with that part. Like you're doing amazing. Um, so that's uh, for sure. That's, that's actually one of the techniques is like, or one of the sort of tricks is like try to find an ally. Um, try to find an alley in that, you know, on that, on that side of the bar. Um, uh, and another time I was taken aback was very recently someone, I served them a drink in a coupe. And as soon as I set it down, I was like, can I get a glass of ice in it? Or can I get a, can I get a, um, a cube of ice in here? And as you know, we're like, we're trained. There's no ice cubes in coupes. I mean, I you, usually. Don't, you know, yeah, <laughs> pretty like, yeah, definitely. Quote, not usually. Unquote. Well, that's what he liked. That is what he liked, and and I gave and it to him. It's our job to give him. But I had a like. moment of like, wait, in there, like <laughs> I, I, I just literally yeah, caught you off guard. Yeah, it caught me off guard, and because I served one of them in a rocks glass, and one in a, and like I just don't, and it's not like he tasted. It was just like, no, I want ice in my drink, and uh, and so I had a moment of like, wait, in there, I was like, okay, I got that. Sure, I'm not sure. Gonna, yeah. Give him some ice, yeah. Uh, but sometimes you're just caught off guard, and it's like, yeah. I, Oh, that's right. We have our rules, but those aren't their rules. Like they, they don't have, they don't have rules or maybe they have a few rules, but they're not our rules. And so we need to recognize that our rules are different from their rules. And, um, for the most part, our rules are what dictate everything at this bar. But, um, unless and until, but, but if any request from them supersedes that. And so, cool. I got you. I'll make that, I'll make that a, a mezcal, spicy mezcal, whatever. It's just understanding that they they don't work at the bar. They're they coming. They're coming from this other world that we typically have no idea about. 
They a lot of times do. we can guess, and a lot of times we're accurate, but mm-hmm. still, like, we don't know. They're they're their own protagonists, just like we are. Yeah, they're the protagonists in their own story, exactly. The hero of their own of their own epic, yeah. and we need to recognize that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It was great talking. Thanks to you. for having me. It was it's always, uh, it's always it was delightful. It's a yeah. great conversation that I think is is so important in our industry, and we should all just keep talking about it. Yeah. That was Todd Carnum. If you find yourself with a challenging customer, take a second to think about where they're coming from, why they're there, why you are there. It may seem weird, but when we start thinking about the happiness of others instead of only focusing on our own happiness, it actually just makes everybody happy. For more on this subject and many, many other challenging situations, check out your86.com. That's Y-O-U-R-E-86.com. And make sure to hit subscribe. We have new conversations every week. We'll see you next time.